live from the Pathway Studios in Johnston proper. You are live from the path. And you're listening to live from the path. We're coming to you from the uh, Pathway Studios here in Johnson Proper. It is good to be with you this uh, this fine evening. Yeah, it is. Hey. No, no, gone completely. Dang it. I just had some sort of inspiration, and now it's gone. I lost it. That's depressing. <laughs> I know, right? Uh, all right, here's what we got going on the show tonight. We were talking this just before the show started. The question is, is... Um, I, I, I think we're going to stretch the we're going to stretch the image here a bit, but like the question is is what is what is the posturing of the shepherd to the sheep um, when it comes to the sheep's motivation? Like here's the deal: depending on the circumstance, uh, pastors will routinely use either the sheep as like a dumb animal who just kind of wanders the grounds and and like has to like literally be taken everywhere and dragged and, and bandaged and all this business. Or the sheep has some sort of inertia and motivation to them of which you're trying to coax them along, but is ultimately kind of their they, – they make their own decisions. Um, and I think it's a difficult – it's a difficult um, dichotomy when it comes to trying to help people. And we we've, we nailed – I think we talked on this topic a little bit when um, when when Robbie and Aaron were here um, from dis- 517. Yeah, Discover Hope. Discover Hope 517, right? Um, about how, like, how do you help people? Um, is it, are, are we folks, are we to snatching people out of fires, right? Are we supposed to be grabbing them and forcing them to do the right thing, uh, because it is their best interest, uh, and they're not making good decisions on their own? Or can you only help people who desire to be helped? Uh, or is the di- distinction between the two just a matter of efficiency, of which you might have more success doing one or the other, but you're still called to do both? And so I want to talk about that a little bit because, frankly, I think I, you see that not only in your um, in, in in witness, right, in attempts to tra- change the world with good news for Jesus and to share good news to people, but I think even in tangible like walking miles kingdom work where you're actually trying to help people and you see people making weird decisions or decisions that you wouldn't make, and you like, there's a question as of how much. How much do you push or pull or tug or try to insert yourself into something? Or do they have to be like, hey, I want your help, and then that's when you can step in. Otherwise, you're kind of wasting your time. And so we're going to touch on that a little bit this week because I am um, I think that's a consistent thing with me, yeah, trying to figure what, out where that lives. I got more stuff to add in there too because, like, I, you know, yeah, no, I'll just wait. Okay. <laughs> I'll, I'll wait, but I got more. I'm going to become that. a Calvinist on this one. It's going to be a lot easier. I yeah. think there's a lot more peace in Calvinism. Just in this area. God didn't choose him. It's not. It's not my deal. He put <laughs> Kim Kim Jong Un in power. So you know, I gave him a Bible. Yeah. That's right. <laughs> and he don't stand for the anthem. So. <laughs> uh, all right. So uh, we we may touch on that. Uh, I just have. Uh, I don't know if it's a unique question, but like, uh, there's just noise there. There's just noise, and I wonder if I wonder if we have an opportunity to like at least filter through some noise here and like have. Uh, I don't even know if I want to have like a discussion of what the right wrong is, but like the question basically is, how do you have the right discussion, right? So like, what are we yeah. looking for when it comes to situations like um, the football players kneeling? Um, how do we have a right discussion? How do we have a healthy discussion? Um, and what does it look like to actually try to 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 get somewhere with them? Because I'll, I'll tell you this, my my reaction to to watching other people react. Is they're not ta- people are talking about the same thing, like they're talking about what they want to talk about. 
Um, some some of them are wrong in that respect. Some of them are right in that respect. But like they've they've chosen they choose the two or three things that make that make them right the most. They ignore any context or any that another side might be providing. Um, and then we're just kind of tossing stuff, and we're not really having a uh, I think the right conversation. So the question is, how do you do that? How do how do we what do we look for? There's some broad things to look for as a as people of Jesus that say if we want to have the right conversation, here's the kinds of things we're going to try to do and look for. Um, so I kind of wanted to talk about that. I also thought it was interesting. Um, and I, I don't even know if I have a question here, but I was looking at some news stories, and I, I guess I missed this. Um, I missed this in the news, but like uh, KCCI was carrying a story. It said White House dismisses absurd claim that U.S. has declared war on North Korea. I thought, <laughs> crap, what what happened? Oh yeah, you missed it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Did you know, you guys saw that? Yeah. yeah. So and he said uh, the president said. Uh, Let's see. It, the implication was that if they keep talking the way they're talking, uh, Kim Jong-un won't be around much longer. Uh, and there, there's a North Korean diplomat who's taken that as, uh, well, we consider that to be a declaration of war against his country by the United States. And I thought, good night. Well, okay. Good now, night. hold on. This is a multifaceted deal, right? <laughs> it's one, uh, North Korea believes a, a chewing gum placed on a sidewalk is a declaration of war. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, those guys, they, some, I was listening to somebody talk about it today. They have literally said that's a declaration of war like 25 times in the last five years <laughs> over multiple things, right? So, I mean, here's the thing. They're a little hot-tempered anyway, right? But, like, I mean, good night. You're gonna speak for an entire nation. I mean, I'm I'm begging you to get a speechwriter and and parlay to them, right? I'm yeah. just begging you. To, I mean, get your get your ideas fine tuned to a flowery man who will edit words out like son of a whatever that you think you're gonna use in American public. You know what I'm saying? And like, just get someone you trust that's gonna convey the idea, but in a way that's palatable. You know, like I mean, people just. If you can take Alka-Seltzer and that will help ease your stomach, people will take Alka-Seltzer. But if you're like, hey, eat this brick, it'll do the same thing, go with the Alka-Seltzer, you know? I mean, just help people take it down a little bit easier. And like, it just, I'm just, I'm, I'm boggled. I'm, are you, deal, it's a, I, you deal with a hothead crazy man. North Korea has absolutely, uh, I mean, that guy from Korea has absolutely no level of sanity at all. I read. I, I should. I should have. I should have. Well, you wouldn't have read it. I was gonna say I, I should have shared this article with you guys, but I, it's very long. And I, <laughs> we would have thought about my, it. My experience is you all don't read it. But like it was. <laughs> it was like a really long article. A guy went over there and he wanted. Um, it was a journalist, and he got access to like some of the military guys, but like wanted to look at uh, North Korea kind of outside the capital and stuff, and like just get a feel for what their country's like. And so anyway, he, he ended up talking to one of the guys, uh, one of the military dudes, and the way that they view like. Um, history or information like again their eastern cultures have long memories they just do they remember things and like they're remembering it wrongly at least from our perspective um but they they're the way they look at it is that uh the korean war was an american aggression um and they stood up to america and that's why america left um but that always there's this continued threat of renewed american aggression um, in, in the Korean peninsula. Basically, they, they've been stolen from them, right? So they look at themselves as a rightful winner of a Korean war. Um, and that, that the basic nature of what happened is, isn't how we would describe the Korean war, right? And so, but the, their whole foundation of basically where they come from is, is, is on that. Like, we're, we will, we will not, we saw how, we saw how, uh, America treated Qaddafi. So, so like, we, we did, we went in there and we pumped money and we supported Qaddafi. And then he ended up dying. Uh, and we provided no support. I mean, we shouldn't probably support too many anyway. The man's horrible to his people. Uh, he was also a lesser of two evils if you want to be utilitarian about it. 
And so, like broad scale, they say, well, America says they were gonna, they were gonna, you know, um, basically not cause problems here, and then we ended up arming people who killed Gaddafi. And so, from North Korean standpoint, they said, look, their Americans always been aggressive. Um, they cannot be trusted. Look what happened with Gaddafi. And so, um, for the honor of our people, we simply will not stand and play the games that America will will play with people. And so, we're going to be ready to act in a moment's notice. That's their perspective, right? Some of which is grounded in like a pseudo reality. Some of which is completely false. Um, but but like that's that's what we're dealing with. And his description of like how these people think, they they described and said, look, you 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 recognize. You, you, they think uh, the, our president is, is kind of a hothead who might like go off the rails, and they're like, "Yes, we recognize that." And they said, that, "You know, your whole country could be wiped out." And they said, "But not everybody." Like their perspective is, if twenty percent <laughs> survive some sort of reaction here, uh, that's okay because wow. they've defended their honor, because they have um, stood up for uh, for their people and not allowed an aggressor to otherwise treat them in a certain way. Um, and so it's it's interesting to hear it from that perspective, not because it changes for the most part anything I think, but like you recognize what people are working with. Like they're working with certain bits of information, a certain understanding of history, a certain sets of data, um, and like their decisions are coming from that, and they sound way more reasonable in that context. Um, and so anyway, the, the the article was just was was um, was did a good job at least understanding where people are coming from. And these, I don't know what it's like to be a diplomat from North Korea. Right, a guy whose job it is to go out to the world and deal with other people, um, and, and frankly, I think you're running into that um, <laughs> with some of our uh, some of our diplomats, like uh, even even Tillerson, like having to go out into the world and deal with some of the stuff that that our president's saying. Like he just, you know, he he's, he has difficult trying to align that with other things that we might have said or done in the past or whatever. And so, um, anyway, it's just an, it's an interesting perspective, and it just recognizes that like people are functioning in their own boxes. Which probably feeds into that NFL conversation, I guess. <laughs> well, yeah, that's also true. <laughs> but I, anyway, I, just, I, I had not even realized such a thing was happening, and I feel like uh, somebody's just gonna somebody's gonna lob a bomb. Someone just just because you're 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 dealing with a guy who who is like hair trigger on, hey, America's gonna be aggressive. Like he's just gonna flip a switch and just say, you know what, I part my hair to the left today, whammo. And it's gonna he's gonna throw something at China or Japan or something. You know, I, you know. So I was thinking this a bit, and, and I don't want to turn this into a big old Trump discussion. It's more about a presidential discussion, right? But like, what do people actually expect out of that, out of the, out of the president, right? Like, if you'd have found me a couple years ago, I'd have said, look, I just want a guy that's honest, right? Like, even if he's a little rough around the edges, I just want a dude that's honest, you know, that I feel like is is not playing some kind of weird political posturing game, you know. Um, but then to a certain extent, like. I, I just, I mean, I just don't know how I feel about a president swearing at people. You know what I'm saying? Like in public, I'm just like, I, you know, I dig honesty, and like in the in the in in the back ends of 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 all, all, all my friends, it's littered with profanity. You know, it's not like I'm generally offended by bad language. You know, most of the time, but I'm like, do do I have a certain picture in my head of what is presidential? You know what I'm saying? Like like where I'm irritated by flowery, uh, you know, flowery political speeches. Um, you know, sometimes you'll hear a political speech and it's a, it struck exactly the right tone and it said exactly the right thing, but in words that that gave people something to gather around and and like it like it held more value just in the way that you presented it, you know. And 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 like I I just thought I thought even if even if I felt even if I like the fact that someone is honest in the way that they're portraying the way they feel, I I think I hold the presidential office maybe. To a higher standard than that, and I can't figure out exactly where my line is. You know, it's it's just weird to me right. that I would have a problem with that because generally I wouldn't. 
I generally appreciate people who swear to just swear and not hide it and act like you don't and be all phony about it. If you swear, swear, you know, and and, and so like when, but but like even something so stupid as, 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 as uh, for the for the topic anyway of the standing at the protest when Trump called somebody a son of a whatever, you know, and I'm like, you know. Could you just not do that? <laughs> you know, you gotta fight every fly that comes in the the White House front door. You know, I mean, you could pay people. You could ignore it. That's what I do in my house. He does pay people. Well, <laughs> there's people on staff that speak for him. <laughs> it was like the guys that will talk for him, and he'll come bowling over like out of the back room, and be like, "What I really meant to say was," I'm like, you know, I mean, I I get it. You know, you don't you don't want to be part of this political mess and 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 whatever. And but like, I mean, honestly. Sometimes your delivery is just everything, just the way that you present it and walk in a situation and tone a room down and address people like you have respect for them. You know, I'm like, I just, I don't know. I, I can't decide where my line is on what I actually would want out of a, uh, out of a president, right? right? I don't want a political meandering doofus who just talks in a stupid speak that I can't understand in lofty ways and doesn't actually do nothing. But then on the other hand, I, you know, I don't want it so real that you're profaning out of the White House, you know? That's too much for me, you know? So I don't know. I don't know exactly what I think there. You want Joe Biden. Maybe. That's who you're after, Mike. <laughs> Recognize the output of your progress. Freaking Joe Biden. <laughs> the everyman. Yeah. <laughs> I do. The guy that can't contain himself on national TV. <laughs> uh, you know, it's it, it's weird that you say that because, like, uh, I, I would, uh, what was, there was, we were talking about something or other, and it had to do with, like, places that have levels of, um, uh, procedure, right? A proper, a, a proper etiquette to say, hey, look, you're gonna dress this way, you're, you know, if you're gonna do this, you're gonna have to wear this certain type of shirt or belt or whatever it is, right? And you think to yourself, like, this isn't really necessary, it's not the core of the issue. But, like, there's also a party that says, I, I kind of value structure and people putting, putting themselves together and saying, hey, this is how we do this type of thing. Yeah. And, like, um, I think we don't know how to have a balance of that, um, in, in our country. Like, we want, uh, we want honesty, but we want, uh, a se- uh, we do kind of want a sense of, um, gravitas to things. Like, we don't actually want, um, you don't actually want, uh, got people wearing shorts in the White House, right? Right. And you think to yourself, hey, it doesn't matter wh- wh- whether his legs are out, and I know that. And like I would, I had the same conversation with my grandfather 15 years ago when it came to church, right? I said, "What do I care that someone's got shorts on?" But then I look at my own kids and I'm like, "Hey, can you, you know, can we can we put up something?" I I I don't want to tux and tails here, right? But like, you don't have to wear that dirty shirt to church. Can we put something on here? And I don't know what's driving my balance except for the fact that like I feel like, hey, we getting together, we don't have to look ridiculous here. <laughs> but it's not a sense of propriety, right? Like I, if there was a guy that stumbled in in that, I'd be like, heck yeah, right. And so, um, and and I wouldn't advocate to say you can't wear shorts to church, but like it's it's kind of that same thing is that you want if, if you, the core of the matter says it doesn't matter, but then like once you care about it, you then want you want that you care about it to be reflected in things, um, but where to call that or what's appropriate to do that is very it's I don't know that's that's hard for me I have a hard time with that. Well, you want you want someone who's in leadership to at least sound smarter than you. Yeah, that's true. I yeah. suppose even if it's yeah. phony, right? I just at least want to feel somewhat comforted yeah, yeah. that somebody's on it. <laughs> and, and the more profanity someone uses, the less educated they sound. You know, they just go, eh. You know, like my third grader talks like that. I mean, right. they're, they're kind of they've grown beyond that, you know. And 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 the same like wearing shorts around, whatever, in in, in a in a place that normally you wouldn't see shorts, right? Uh, you know, you just go like, yeah, I kind of expect a little more out of you. Yeah. You know, you know, if you're the president of the United States or you know a leader of some 
stature, national stature like that, right. you, you, you just expect more. Yeah, push come to shove, you couldn't say it's wrong. Right. But like there is just a level of expectation that says, look, you're, you're, what, what's Booba? You gotta rise over the room with your pants selection <laughs> if you're gonna be the guy teaching. Right. It makes it, it makes it feel like maybe the, like, um, they don't understand the weight. Right? Like maybe yeah. I, we've given this position some weight and like if you understood the weight, then you would dress up to it because the weight e- existed. You know? It's like Obama used to always wear like these 1980s mom pants. Yeah. And, and I thought, okay, if you're supposed to be the leader of the free world, at least look more manly than me. You, you know, you, 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 you're just not doing it. <laughs> yeah, I don't know who they hire. You know what I'm saying? Like to, to surround them and be like, you know, what do you think of these mom pants I have on? Oh yeah, that looks good. Let's, you know, you're only here for four or eight years. Let's just do the slacks. Yeah, let's just. I mean, let's <laughs> yeah. stick with the standard. All even when you relaxing, it's slacks time. You know, like we just can't go wrong here. It's it, you know you know what the like going back to this to to how they speak right like I like truth but I don't like loss of control. Yeah. I don't respect where uh, and this is true for how like people's demeanors or. Uh, like I don't mind harsh words. I don't mind stern talk. Like I don't mind honesty. But like I like it. Um, I respect a sense of control. And when you don't seem to have a uh, when there's not a sense of control to your voice, um, and the things that you're saying or how you're saying it, that makes that that makes me start to not trust people. I guess so. That, that's probably what more more so what it is. Like even if you ignore the words themselves, and probably where it comes from, um, even the reactions to the president. Like again, if you drill them down to the core, shorts are fine. Right, yeah. it's not it's not illegal to wear shorts. If you drill them down to the core, some of the stuff the man is saying, you're like, okay, you know, it's either hyperbole or, you know, if you put it in context with everything else, maybe it's all right. But like broadly, I boil it up and I say, there's a, there just it feels like a lack of a sense of control here, and I have I have a hard time with leadership that doesn't have a sense of control. No, I think that's very true, actually. Like honest, re- like reasoned, reason and truth. Like that you'd like to even show that you struggle with it. Like, cause when you ignore that the issue actually probably has struggle in there, yeah. whatever it is, right? Whatever the thing that we're talking about or whatever the thing we're trying to decide, like it's, it's, it's never that black and white. And like when you're presenting information to some, to somebody, you know, you want to present it as if, as if you did do the struggle. You went through it and, and this was the best route and this was the truth. And like that's all that most people can't find these days, even with all the, uh, especially with all the, the media outlets is like, you just cannot figure out who's telling you the truth. Everybody has bent it before it's gotten to you, and you're like, if I could just – I mean, some people are real obvious in the way that they bend, and some people ain't. And yeah. so you're just sitting there like, you know, I, I wish I had just been there or something, you know, <laughs> so I could at least take this in whole, and then I could process it. But right now I'm getting it filtered seven times already, and it feels like you using a weird filter that looks like what you want it to look like, you know. And, like, you just can't ever – I don't know, you just can't trust anything coming out of anybody's mouth that, that that someone with a reasonable attitude went through it and figured it out, and like and that's that you're right. It's it's a it's a reason to truth that I think that 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 you're missing, and it just it does it equals a lot of mistrust. So uh so so maybe that rounds us out to so t- talking about this um the NFL players um either kneeling or not coming out for the Star Spangled Banner that kind of stuff. So I saw a lot you know I saw a lot of discussion about this, and I think the question is um. How, how do you talk about those types of things reasonably, right? Like you have you have groups of people. Um, you one, it's a it's an extremely disrespectful thing to our flag, to our veterans, to our country. Um, other folks who, who look at this and say, um, not only is our freedom to do so, but we are we are trying to to draw attention to something that we think is important. And why wouldn't we use our platform to do that? Like, what kind of person? If we feel like it's important, who bails on that in this in this context? And so, like. 
what are the earmarks of a of a of a, of a Christian looking at uh, I don't know hard conversations or uh, amped up conversations, especially ones with big um, that are weighty, that have big consequences, um, and that are seem to uh, draw fire from both sides. Um, how do we have a right conversation? How 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 do we look at things? Um, how do you go about having a right conversation? What are the medium to do so? Um, how how do we digest those types of things before we open our mouths? What do you I don't know. What do you guys think? I, I know I've I've uh, have attempted in the last few years to be um, more along the line of James: slow to speak, quick to listen, slow to become angry. Because almost every time my initial thought is wrong, <laughs> right? You know, or, or you know, either wrong or flawed. Anyway, yeah, you know, not reasoned, right? Not completely reasoned through and gone through. Exactly, it's a reaction. Well, yeah, you're a bunch of blah blah yeah. blah. You know, and they're like, well, that's not really what I was doing, and that's what you're seeing a lot on yeah. on the social media. People responding back and forth, and 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 even like. I heard people on the radio today. On even I went to a sports channel. It's just okay. Let's just talk. Well, of course, it was a sports event, but um, and like I couldn't get away from it. I finally just turned on music, and uh, it just seems like everybody's arguing about everything that, that has nothing to do with anything, right? You know, and they're throwing out First Amendment and this stuff. And I'm like, well, the First Amendment isn't like mean. I have to like what you do. It just it, it just means the government's not going to arrest you. Right. I, I mean, you know, so even that's like we, th- those are blow- both sides are blowing everything out of proportion. Right. Um, which is an answer to your question. It, it, it's it, that's why I've just remained silent more and more yeah. on things because, uh, you know. Especially in big national things, I don't know what's going on behind closed doors when they say, here's how we're going to do this, and it's going to cause a reaction. And I don't want to be a sheep. Right. I, I don't want to be led up to the, yeah, we'll we'll rile up the base on this one. And it's like, Ed, I'll let you know when I'm riled up. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, that's right. I'm the base. I will tell you when I'm riled. <laughs> exactly. Uh, that, that's that's actually okay. So if I can if I can take away um, things that you can apply to that, then yeah. Uh, the first one would be is 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 we're going to be uh, slow to speak. Um, and, and reasoned, right? So like, we, like, don't, it's, it's foolish to let someone play you like a violin. If someone can say, we're gonna do this to rile up this broad group of people, um, and you allow people to play you like a violin, you, you, you just fell for it, mm-hmm. right? So you shouldn't be able, there's nothing about a Christianity or following Jesus that should say, we can easily fall into a group, group of people who can be played like a violin. That isn't how we do things. Boy, if I swear my Facebook's loaded with these dudes. <laughs> I mean, they got these dudes all tuned up. Where I'm like, I'm getting Facebook feeds where like, like this dude has commented on like people for Kaepernick, you know, Facebook po- pages is the name of the Facebook page. Uh-huh. And like, he has no business there. You know, like, he disagrees with that wholeheartedly. And here he is making comments. I'm like, what are you doing? <laughs> just, like, it literally, cause I think that Dana's completely right. Like, it, 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 that? Dan, yeah, I, I got that on tape, but Mark that. <laughs> I, I totally expected to be disagreeing with Dan in this discussion two minutes in. I like, I'm, I'm, if I'm being honest, I thought me and Dan are going to be on the opposite sides of this deal. I got feel it coming, and like, but he's completely right. It's a, it's a, you're, you're missing a completely reasoned conversation. And here's the thing: with the information available, it's not possible. Right. It's, it's just right. not, it's not possible. You cannot have a reasoned conversation because like all the facts, I don't know, I don't know the dude that started it. I don't know why the dudes are doing it now. I know why people are saying, I don't know those guys. I haven't met them. I don't know whether they're just like, look, this is just a thing for me and I gotta do something. And I'm in earnest and I just want to do something and I don't know what else to do and so I'm gonna do this. 
And like, I mean, I watch veterans across the way. They're like, look, I, uh, my buddies died for that man's ability to do that. Just that. You know, like, like, mm-hmm. I don't have to like it. I don't have to love it. He ain't going to get arrested, but I'm telling you what, I died so that man can do that. And I'm like, I, you know, I think that sounds right to me. You know, I, I, I don't know. Like, I just, there's just so much going on that I'm like, I can't, without knowing anybody individually in it, talking to anybody on why they're doing it, what their motivation is, I, I, I'm with Dan. I have a, I have a knee jerk reaction to it. There's no doubt. You know, but like, overall, I, I just don't know that I could come to a, a reasoned, to stick my flag in anywhere. I'm just like, look, you know, at the, at the end of the day, uh, I, I, I have to try, I'm, I'm trying to love you guys and figure out how I can do that on both sides and do it and do it well. Right. And you're basically saying I have to define my love by my stance on what's going on right now. And I'm, I'm not going to offer that up. So like I, even like I'm listening to the radio and they're making people feel guilty if, if you don't like the fact someone kneeled, you know, like that's their free speech. That's right. their first amendment. I'm like, you know, that doesn't mean I, I, I can, I can not like that. You're right. I mean, I, I don't know all the details, but I know that there's something in my gut that says, I just don't like what they're doing. Right. You know, no, whatever the issue is. I mean, I just don't care what the issue is. Like, I, and I, I don't think it's a, um, people like, well, you're just disrespecting the military. I thought that, that flag represents a lot more than the military. I, I say they're disrespecting me. I'm an American. That's my flag. You know, it's, it's my country. Um, so I would, I would prefer them to find another way. However, it is also quite effective because everybody's talking, uh, maybe not about the issues they want, but at least it started some con- more, more conversation. Uh, as I say that though, I'm thinking it's just riling up the hate back and forth. So (laughs) maybe it's not real conversation. Um, well, and that's, that I think is, um, maybe, maybe a second potential principle here, um, which is if you're going to spend time interacting with this thing, um, why don't I do my best to try to figure out what they're actually intending to do and maybe not what they're succeeding at. Right. Mm-hmm. So like here here's what here's what I've what I've gathered from the conversation so far is it is not their intention um it is not their intention to um have a first amendment debate. Right. Right. That's not what they that's not what they actually care about. There's no one saying, "Hey, I just want to see if I can test the limits of the first amendment." Um and so I think that's not the intention. Do I think I think that I have a, a group of people who look at that flag and maybe see something different than you do? Right, like it's a symbol of something, and what it symbolizes for you, um, a promise that they actually that they don't see actually being kept. Right, and so whether accurate or not, right, if that is a perspective that they're having, and they're trying to draw attention to something of of where they feel like maybe our country isn't keeping its promises, or the symbol that that flag is supposed to represent isn't keeping that promise. I don't know whether that's true or not. I don't live their lives. Right? Can I? So if I'm going to be, if I'm going to try my best to say they're trying to draw attention to the fact that that might mean something different or be a different reality for someone, can I recognize that? I think I can. Can I recognize, however, that on the on the other side of that thing, um, the very fact that they get to have this conversation, the very fact that um, you know, we the society that we live in, if you if you compare it relatively to, to even that situation to other societies throughout the world and kind of the grand experiment that America was and the opportunity that we have to have this conversation freely um, and the, the 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 moment of which it's being done. Um, like there are other ways to draw attention to this. The effectiveness is aside. You know, can I understand that that is something where someone who cares about this country, that is something that impacts them when someone, uh, at least from their perspective, disrespects it. I can certainly appreciate that. And so, like, the conversation is actually two two groups of people um, caring about something, trying to point out something that they that they that they love or that they um, 
they believe to be true that is important to them and they're trying to draw attention to it. And so if I can get there, um, then frankly, then you just start evaluating tactics. Well, is this effective? Well, the truth is, is that like your people are talking, but they're actually not as much talking about the thing that you wanted them to talk about. Mm-hmm. Although I have read quite a few different things from, um, um, from, from different, uh, from like sp- sports magazines and stuff who followed up and like a lot of, it sounds like excellent and really good conversations are happening between like some of these guys and police departments and communities and stuff. Um, and that's not, that's not making part of our conversation, right? Like Kaepernick has spent a bunch of time with the police and with the military and talking through these things. And part of the, the choice he made to kneel as opposed to turn or do something else was, was in deference in his, in his mind, in deference to, um, the fact that, of, uh, that, that people did serve and die and that there are, is great opportunity in the United States, but like we're pushing ourselves to be better. That's his perspective on what he's doing versus other things he could have done, like not face the flag at all. Right. And so, again, I, I think you can start to which is largely what we're doing is talking about uh, the method here. Um, but I, I think Christians are probably well served by saying, what are what are people actually trying to talk about? And if I can ignore the methods for now and recognize that this is something of value and that people's experience is reflecting what they're talking about, then I think that helps us engage in it differently. Then maybe I don't I don't spend as much time talking about the method because here's what I'm afraid is that trying to change methods and things like this is the same thing that tries to change people's behavior without having the gospel do it. It just says, we, here's the law. You need to do this differently. And then like, you know, I, I'm not sure you actually gain the thing that you wanted. Um, I'm not that you changed hearts. I'm not sure necessarily that you changed minds. You just kind of in, enforced behavior, which is a bit of the opposite of what we're going for. And frankly, some of the stuff that the flag represents. And so um, do you think it's at least fair to say, like, can I, can I try to see whatever's going on in the best possible light and then work from there? Can I check people's intentions first? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I think you can. I, I mean, the thing that I have the hardest time with, and, and, and this is going to come from obviously my experience in life, which does not across the board represent how everyone lives in this country, and I'm, I'm not so foolish to not know that, right? But like how one thing compares to the other is where I have a hard time grasping. Like, like I sometimes I'll run into these dudes, where especially people that like to protest, and they do a protest that like doesn't actually match up with the thing that they're they're trying to draw attention to. You know, so they're like, hey, you know, we wanna we wanna turn everybody's thoughts towards bicycle safety. People are getting hit on bicycles, uh, and and we need to protest this until this becomes better. I'm gonna strip naked and tie myself to a tree, and I go. What does that have to do with biking? <laughs> you know, like, I'm not picking it up. You know what I'm saying? I'm not understanding. Like, it certainly does draw attention to you and what you're doing. Um, but like, how that relays to the, to the, to the bike thing is where I have a hard time doing it, right? And so like, the, 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 the whole kneeling thing, like, I get it. I, I don't know how else you'd manifest that in a, a sporting event, you know, to try to tie it in, uh, better. But like, I was confused for the longest time on what exactly we were actually you know the whole the whole movement was was trying to do what it was trying to draw attention to. I just I could not figure it out for any reason because the kneeling doesn't actually represent anything to me. You know until it takes a bunch of backstory and explaining for it to to, to come up. Hmm. All right. So uh, the th- things we got. How do how do we have good conversations here? We're gonna we're gonna be be slow to speak. Uh, we're gonna try to. Uh, what, what was it? <laughs> Quick to listen. Yeah, yeah, well, quick to listen. Um, 
uh, try try to uh, let's let's at least start with thinking the best of people, right? Mm-hmm. Um, uh, try to figure out what they're actually trying to 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 talk about, and let's maybe let's engage in that level. And um, although I, I think it doesn't mean you can't, it doesn't mean you have to completely stay out of of the the method. Um, I think we are well served by recognizing what people actually care about. Um, and recognizing that people don't always, um, don't always express themselves in the best way. Right? Like, I have an, even a little bit of grace for the way that, that it got handled. Yeah, right? Like, like, there's, there's, um, I don't know, it's happened a million times in my marriage, right? Like, I've done something to draw attention to my, the fact that I was upset about something, and it really wasn't the core of what my deal was, or I expressed it in such a foolish way because I did not know how to communicate well what I, what I was, what was happening. Right. And so and then at the time that someone stopped and listened to uh, the, the thing that was actually happening and I it took me 30 minutes of conversation and I finally got it boiled down and I got to say, you know what, baby, it boils down to this. This is the thing. And then we had very productive conversations and resolutions. Um, but like if 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 both sides of a discussion, um, no one's willing to sit through and be patient and say, look, I'm going to give you grace on the method. Can we talk about where this is coming from? Um, and try to get down to that. Like that's where we get kind of our Facebook stuff. And we're talking yeah. about for rights, which is it's. And you're right, Dan's, Dan's right. It's not a rights issue, but like we're just grasping at stuff that like yeah. you would want to violate rights. You're a bastard, <laughs> right? And it's like this is you're not even talking about what we're talking about. But no, no one is, is saying, okay, how do we improve this? Then what? Uh, I, I haven't walked a mile on your shoes. You know, I, 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 I can't say I can identify with what you're going through. How do, how do we fix it? Okay, I understand you're angry. Um, help me. Help me help you. Right? Yeah, right. You know? I, I was talking to my daughter uh, the other day, and uh, she's on a, a track to become a dentist. And uh, so she has, you know, conversations with people once in a while. And she said, you know, it occurred to her the other day, um, this isn't the racism thing, but the sexism thing. Every single time she mentions that, everyone assumes she's going to be a dental hygienist. Oh, you're going to be the assistant. All right. And she's like, "Well, no, I'm going to, you know, I'm, you know, I've scored in the top two percent of the nation. I mean, I'm, I've beat everybody. On, you know, I, I'm going to be the dentist, right? Yeah. But even in Africa, we talked about, oh, an assistant, great. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, which makes me, t- it's not an American thing; it's a people thing. Yeah. You know, it, it's, it's. Races tend to look down at each other, no matter what country you're in. Right. And and a lot of times men tend to look down at women, nowhere, no matter where you are. It uh, doesn't mean it's right or wrong. But so, so how do we fix it? What 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 do they what do they want? What can we do to uh, improve the situation? Yeah, yeah. And 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 I think that's that's the core of the thing, right? Like at some point, your 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 daughter can get really upset with people if she wanted to for such for such thinking. Right, mm-hmm. like you have the like, and it's if we think it's unfair, it's unreasonable to think that well, you, if you're going to be the lady, you must be the assistant. Um, certainly, we're beyond that. But like, uh, the truth is, is that that actually is not likely to change the core of what people think, right? So like, right. How do you change the core of what people think? Um, I, I don't know that sharing the gospel is that much different, right? Like, it's it's the the way that you change minds and hearts is that you you tell you say true things. And you say it because you love people and you continue to have conversations and you recognize where that meets them and what that looks like in their life. And like the the way that we we constantly think of gospel conversations, I don't think there's any reason not to associate that with every other conversation you have because every conversation should be actually filtered through that context. And so can we can we think about if I want to change this person's mind, how do I actually do that? And do and can I can I look at it and say so like 
some people are speaking from ignorance. Like they're, they're just flat out, they don't know. And they don't even have the context to know it well. And I know that there's a, there's an assumption that says, hey, look, we're beyond this. I, you know, I feel like we're not. We wouldn't still be having these conversations all the time if um, we were beyond this in bo- on, on both sides of the discussion. If people were, were yeah. dealing with each other with grace and reasonable and saying, look, we, we still haven't met here. Here's how you can understand what's going on. Um, and like, and I get sometimes it takes, sometimes it takes powerful things to jump people over hoops. Like sometimes we are so blind until the, the, the light is so bright that you have no choice but to retake stock of what actually is going on around you. And so like, you know, I, I, I actually don't mind, um, if you're finding a way to draw attention that is not violent and that is like, uh, allowing you to have a conversation that you have, um, whether this is the appropriate time to do it is, is a, I think a worthy question, but like, it's, I don't know. I couldn't ask much more for someone who's saying, look, we need to have a better conversation around this. But like, it's, it's just, are, are we giving, are we trying? Are we giving people the benefit of the doubt here yeah. and saying, you're after something, you're after something good or you're something that you think I don't understand. Okay. I want to understand it. Uh, something occurred to me a couple of weeks ago. I was talking to a gentleman who, who's African American and he was talking about the racism that that's out there. And, and, uh, my, I tend to, as a white guy, I've never experienced this. I always think, when they're talking about, well, you don't know what it's like to get in a car and drive and, and be pulled over. You know, you don't know what it's like to fear for your children leaving the house or whatever. And I always tend to think, oh, oh come on. Every time you're in a car, you're not pulled over. You know, every time, uh, you're, you're, you know, in a store, people don't accuse you of shoplifting. You know, I mean, that doesn't happen every time. So I, so I, I go to the extreme. Right. And I think you need, you need to lighten up. But as I'm having this conversation with this guy, and it was a very good conversation, it suddenly occurred to me, I thought, wait a minute, how many times, let's say my dad throws forks at me, how many forks does he have to throw at me in my lifetime before I say, my dad throws forks? Right. Maybe two, three, you know, I mean, I don't know. My dad's a fork man. (laughs) I mean, exactly. I mean, whatever it is, you know, And, and I thought, well, how many times does he have to be pulled over unnecessarily to think? Or have his friends pulled over, or 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 whatever. To to, to at least it's, it becomes in the back of your mind, right? I've never allowed myself to really go there. You yeah, know, that's I, true. And how many times would I put up with that? You know what I'm saying? Even yeah. the one time, I'd be like, "This was wrong. Mm-hmm. This was just flat wrong." Yeah, yeah, that's that's true. It's like um, you're right to, to be able to defend where we're at. Um, I, it's, it's easy to paint things with broad brush and you're right. Yeah. Like say, Hey, this happens to you. doesn't happen to you all the time. You're overreacting. Yeah. Um, yeah. grow up. That's never happened to you. Yeah. Right. And, and so like, regardless, maybe uh, it's happened twice. Yeah. Is that right? And, and twice, isn't that enough? <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah. It's, yeah. It's, it's never happened to me. Right. And, and actually, so here's, that's the other, that's a good point is that like, I see it from, so my lens is it doesn't happen to me. And so that's how I look at all interactions is I don't have any reason to think that it happens to everybody else because it doesn't happen to me. I, I get that other people's circumstances are different, but I don't know what it's like for that to be the case. Mm-hmm. And so, like, really, everybody who says this is a problem is untrustworthy? Come on. Like, that, you know what I'm saying? Like, that doesn't even make any yeah. sense. Like, everybody yeah. is, is, is trying to perpetuate a lie. Uh, even, even look at the, the, the football teams where, like, they all decided to stay in the locker room. All right, and I get again whether I agree with the the premise of that or not. Are you telling me everybody on that team, like, is is blind to this? Guys who 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 are constantly they they live together, they're serving, uh, they're 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 working together, they're fighting together in in a, in a football game. They're spending like nine months out of the year together, and they look at each other and say, you know what, like, we're all blind to this thing. 
Like, I feel like they'd get it way better than I would. <laughs> and so, so I, I think to myself, like, sometimes you have to humble your own circumstances and say, am I willing for something that I believe to be true to, to all, that, that their, their situation is also true, right? It doesn't make mine false because that's, that's, I can only be held to what I see. Am I able to listen to someone that says, hey, you know what? This is actually what's going on for me. And it doesn't mean that the truth is, the truth can't just be one thing. It's just like it actually is happening differently for these people. Sorry, this particular groups of folks or these situations and circumstances. Um, and so, like, how can I look at the, at such? It, actually, I feel this way too when I look at people on um, even from a political spectrum, right? If I look at fifty percent of the of the nation and they believe politically something different than me, like, am I? Do I really believe that everybody's nuts? Right, that everyone thinks about things through the wrong lens, or is it possible that because of we agree on certain things that they value, they're just trying to solve problems differently, or they don't believe something? There's just a point in time where because I believe this, my trajectory went this way, and their trajectory went a different way. And so, like, the truth is, is that like I, I don't want to be conciliatory just for concil for for sake there, even though Paul says to try to keep peace, but I, I keep peace by saying, all right, we're, we can agree on this. Let's at least now we can have good conversations about it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. And, and I don't know how how do you help the situation. We'll go back to my dad. Yeah. It, it, once it's ingrained in my head, my dad throws forks. How do, there's no, what can he possibly do to get that out of my head? Yeah, right. He can't. I mean, six months you're yeah. like, well, he's staved off the fork throwing, but I'm not willing to take it off his claim to fame. Yeah. yeah. He's, next he's next time he'll probably get me next time. Yeah. I know. <laughs> right. I see his hand near that fork. Right. I mean. Well, yeah, it, it's hard to get the tr- a trust back that says, "Hey, I'm no longer a fork thrower." Yeah, well, yeah. maybe you are still. And the thing is, yeah, some people are fork throwers. Yeah, true. Y- you know, I mean, there are racists out there. Right. I'm not one. I I would like to say, but how does someone? I am a know I, that. See, that's the thing is though is like I'm an ignorant one, right? Like yeah. I'm I'm a I'm I'm almost a racist by proxy of the things that I don't that I don't know well. Like it's not on purpose. You know, but like, like some of the things that that you have to go through being a black man in America, I will never know that. And like, some of that's on me for not taking the time to try to figure it out. <laughs> you yeah. Know? So, so I do think there's a bad. Uh, you be. It's easy to lump terms here, right? Like, um, is that is it really the same? Like, I know that you we say that to try to get people to understand that like there's actually might be a blindness to you, right? There might be things that I actually I don't know the difference. Maybe that's what I am saying. Like, there's a blindness to me. Yeah, and like almost to the point where I'm so blind on it that I don't even know where it is. Right. Because if I did, it wouldn't continue to be a blindness. So you're right, understanding in that. So so that's where I would say we're not furthering the conversation by by putting you in the same category as a guy who actually hates people of a different color. Sure. You know what I'm saying? And so like I I get it. That's um that's another thing where it's the efficiency or good use of the term it's like hey you we're trying to scare people into saying you you have latent tendencies of which in the right circumstances you would hate a man because his skin color is different than yours right and so like that 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 is a falsehood that is being perpetuated under a sense of of um it's distinct from blindness right it's distinct from ignorance and we're we need to have humility that says i don't know everybody's circumstances i want to learn I'm willing to learn and recognize if I have blindnesses because why would I want to stay blind, yeah. right? But that's different um, than lumping in categories of people that actually like actively hate other people. And I get that the impact to someone on the other side of that won't feel like that. But if you want to further a conversation, I think you need to be – you're asking people to make nuances. You need to make nuances on the other side and say this is not actually the same person. It's not the same group. It's not the same circumstance that I'm saying hatred versus versus blindness, especially people who are saying, look, fine, if I'm blind because I'm never in that circumstance or that situation or this societal perspective, then I want to know the difference. Yeah. Um, and so, and frankly, I think that's where some of the conversation is halting is because unless you agree 
that I'm a racist, unless I agree that I'm a racist because I don't, I have um, potential blindness in my life, we're not willing to have a conversation with me. And that's stupid. That's really false, right? Like, guy, but they're sitting at your door saying, um, "If I'm blind, I want to know it, and I'd like to be able to 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 have a conversation and figure out how do I help, how do I fix it, um, how do we actually understand each other, and so we understand where we're coming from." Um, and if you're not willing to have that, unless I agree to a term that is specifically and intentionally inflammatory, um, so that you feel like you've dominated the conversation on me, like you're not, that's actually not trying to help. And so, like a lot of this comes down to not necessarily prerogative, but effectiveness. Like, yeah, you can, you have the right to choose to, to do this in whichever way you want. I actually have qualms as to whether it's effective. Whether you're actually getting, talking about the thing that you want to talk about, whether you're getting the message across that you want to, or, and the, the, the some of the stuff that the president says, like, falls in that same category, right? Like, fine, you, you won a tit for tat with somebody in, in your perspective, but like, you actually didn't further the ball on the thing that you wanted to, to accomplish here. And, and so like, a lot of that breeds is a lack of control and it's a lack of saying, do I want to solve, do I win an argument? Or do I want to solve a problem? Yeah. Um, I win a lot of arguments with my wife, but I find that like it'll eventually catch up to me that I, I won those because I'm quicker, because I speak a little bit louder and a little bit faster, uh, and my and I, I know how to use words well. And I don't I don't solve problems sometimes as I win arguments, and I feel that three months down the road when I didn't do it right. Um, and so I would – broad question, and this probably goes back to our principles, how do Christian deals with something? Are you trying to solve a problem or are you trying to win an argument? Um, and do you know the difference? What, and you won't know whether that is until you've actually determined what is the actual problem that's on, at play here as opposed to do I just not like what this person is doing because that's not really – that's not like a long-term problem. It's just a preference. Once again, though, this is what I hate about these things. It's like I'm, I just don't – I'm not a deep thinker, right? And so I, <laughs> and I, like, I know that about me, and like I wish it wasn't the case, but it is. And so like I can literally go through Facebook and think that, that I, there's ten different reasons for this discussion. You know what I'm saying? Like it's a First Amendment thing. It's a rights thing. It's a – it's a racial thing. It's a it's a respecting the soldiers thing. And and like I'm reading the whole thing, going, I have no idea what this thing is. Even if I wanted to know, even if I put thought into it, like I'd just be like, I literally cannot fish out what, what the, the core, actual core issue, what here. the core of this thing is. <laughs> like I, you know, I, I think I could answer some questions if you went by like a, a ten point question deal. I could probably say yes, no, and maybe. But like at, at the end of it, where after we've talked about it, it seems like pretty reasonable to me that <laughs> that you know what the issue is. But like. The way that information is presented to me, I just sit there and go, I have no idea what's going on here. I don't know what we're really – what am I inflamed about? Am I mad? This guy's mad. Would he be mad for a ridiculous reason? No, that doesn't make any sense. People get mad for good reasons. Okay, so this guy's got to have some weight. And then I start <laughs> handing out weight to people merely because they were upset because I think, why would everyone get this fired up for no reason at all? And it turns out some of them just do. <laughs> There was uh, there's an article in the Christian Post that says failed doomsday prophecies could lead people to reject Jesus Christ. Mike, do you believe that? No. Dan? Uh, I, I suppose if they don't know him in the first place and they assume that represents Christianity, uh, yeah. Mike? Dan says you're dumb. <laughs> Actually, after hearing Dan speak, I'm with Dan. Someone <laughs> offer another opinion. I'll agree with that one. <laughs> I'm inflamed as well. Uh, so, so now, I, you know, I, hear the, I don't care. Who writes an article about this? <laughs> I don't care. It's a bunch of lunatics, a bunch of idiots. They're saying God, God says no, you're not going to know the thing. They're like, I'm going to know the thing. And so, like, then they get them more press and they write about them. They're like, hey, big surprise, they were wrong again <laughs> because they tried to say a thing about a thing God said. You don't know the thing. Question: Do you ever do we have a responsibility to defend core doctrine against this? No. Nope. And how forcefully? Nope. No, nope, zero, zero. Mike says no. Yeah, it'd you be don't like, face it. Here's the thing: it'd be like my dog going over and pooping into the neighbor's grass. 
and me trying to defend my dog's behavior. Here's the thing. He's a dog. <laughs> he can't, he, he's just going to do untrustworthy bad things. And people that try to predict the end of the world are exactly in that category. Right. You know that. But like a broad population uh, who don't love, follow Jesus, who know anything about the Bible do not know that. Yeah. That, but I didn't see – no one grabbed onto it. Like there might have been 10 idiots that are willing to grab on the next fancy train coming by. But like I didn't see 10,000 people selling their crap moving to Utah. No, that's true. Nobody believes this. So uh, you well, know, God, Actually, that's not true. I know a few people that do. Right. So, so uh, wait, 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 personally, yeah, wait, they were down for the end of the world this time around. Yes. Oh man, did you, you call them? Yeah. Oh yeah, we talked about it. <laughs> we did. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we talked about it. Um. So, Dan, what do you think? Responsibility to to I don't know to advertise against this thing or or fight this doctrine in a public sphere? Uh, I want to say yes. That that we should. I mean, like any false teacher, you want to say. Hey, by the way, uh, be careful with this stuff. Um, that's my initial thought. I mean, aren't you just giving it weight by giving it attention? It already has attention. No, no, yeah. yeah. So, so again, it's it's in. Um, hold on. Here's the thing, Ben. You read a lot of weird crap. And no, so no, no. when you come at me and be like, there was an article written, it could be by like TomSanders.com. No, no. And you just happen to follow <laughs> this, no, no. this weird hippie on the left coast that makes all these things up. No, no, no. It was, it was, um, this was carried, every major news network carried this. I didn't hear it. USA anything, Network right. carried it, USA Today, CNN, uh, at least on their websites, everyone had a pseudo front page story on it. I have that, got, here's the thing. Uh, I, I, I mean, I didn't hear anything about it until you just brought it up. You get, you get your news from the bathroom stall. Well. From whatever <laughs> some guy scratched in there. You're like, oh. Hey, I see, I see Heather's falling on hard times again. So here's what I'm saying: is the guy, the, the regular Joes that I hang out with, don't give these dudes no weight. It's you, it's it's you Flanders that are trying to spin this thing in a tornado and make it bigger than it is. Nah, yeah, I mean, I hear what you're saying. So, like, um, I would say that there is there is a contagion of office folk who who like don't do anything but waste time at work and not work and read news and take this kind of thing in. Here's the thing. I'm the Jesus resource at my workplace. Uh-huh. Not one person came to ask me about this. Okay. Not one person. Yeah. Actually, I mean, no one came and asked me about it either. Dan? It's Christians talking no, it, about did it. Did you get any phone calls? No, no. No, uh, that's true. I tried to buy a camper. <laughs> Wait, in response to this? <laughs> no, but, but the timing, you know, hey. <laughs> I might as well live longer. Maybe. I don't know why they're selling stuff. Mm, okay, <laughs> so you fall victim to the same thing I do. Just because someone said it, obviously it's worth saying. And I'm saying these fellas literally had... They had less backing than the end of the world, the guys uh, that were six years ago. Those dudes were picking up steam. They had a bus and a billboard. I mean, they were moving. In they the had right some way. inertia. Yeah. yeah, they had something. These dudes, I mean, first of all, if you're going to make an end of the world prediction, uh, you've already had a fail. Somebody's had a fail in the last six years. Uh, it's too soon. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? People, they don't forget that stuff. When you claim it's the end of the world, you get a bunch of people on board, and then it doesn't <laughs> go well. They're like, you know what? I've seen this train coming around before. I ain't getting on this time. What like, is what, what is there to gain from that? What, why, why would you put a date out? Is it just pride, ego, you know, arrogance of, hey, I'll get my name mentioned or. Yeah, so. Are they I mean, for stuff? what? I mean, literally three seconds of fame. I guess Bill was right. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? What's, what really is yeah, going to happen? Yeah, so actually, that's true. Let's say you were correct. Like yeah. the soon as the soon as the thing happened, there is no glory to you ever again. No, I'm so right. glad I sold my stuff. Is that the sound of the, the end of the world, Mike? Yeah, the Lord He don't do the trumpet <laughs> thing like the Bible says. If we're just gonna it's ignore like most, we're gonna ignore most of the Bible. God just goes with a straight inferno out of a flamethrower. 
<laughs> or the TV that, that the broadcast has been lost. So, so here's the thing: is like uh, again, if I'm gonna, I'm gonna follow kind of our rules of conversation when it comes to a debate, is is like I do believe that there are people who um, believe very firmly that God is um, that God can arrange things in the universe to do as He pleases. They believe in, in a strong sovereignty of God, and that the heavens and earth reveal things about God, Paul style. And so um, it is quite possible that uh, he would line things up to reveal things to his people. Um, and so, and I think they look for those things because they feel like they are faithfully listening or watching for the things that God has had us watch for. If God is going to speak, I would be a fool to shut the priest up, right? Uh, what is that? Uh, both Micah and Amos style. Quit shutting up the priests. <laughs> and so um, I think there are people who are attempting to be faithful. Um, I think the people that are sort of then trying to track those down feel like they have a responsibility to share it with others so that we can um, – with with a core towards evangelism. Now, here's the thing. I don't see a lot of that happening. For, for, the, for the folks that actually know it, do I – have they actually done everything that would reflect I, – look, I just know the world's going to end. And so I'm, I'm tearing clothes and yelling in the streets. Right? Um, you, know, I, you don't find this guy desperately cleaning door to door in the middle of a mall and just begging and pleading and crying and being like, please repent. No, Jesus Christ, follow me and what is joy to come. Yeah. Like that's, you know, that, these are none of the posture that you see from people that are predicting the end right, of the world. They're still paying rent. Like here's the deal. Here, here's the thing that you should re- respect about the Herald camping group of folks, not camping himself, but like the followers, like those dudes did actually sell stuff. Now, some of them bought nice cars, so that's false. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's a false way of living the world. But like there were, there's, there's like a, you know, a contingent of those people who bought into it. Sold everything they had and, and like committed their life to telling people about Jesus. And I love that. You were just led freaking astray by a bad date. <laughs> so, but here's the thing is the thing that like, like if we're going to have a reasonable conversation about this, let's say, look, you, you say that like they're pursuing, uh, you know, a truth about Christ and, and God because of their high view of, uh, God's sovereignty and the way he's organized nature, yes. right? Right? Where did you get the where did you get the idea in the first place that he's a god to have high sovereignty and that he has organized nature? Scripture. Okay. So that here's what I'm saying. If that exact same scripture says you ain't going to know, I don't know how you come out with this. Yeah. So so here's uh, my basic summation of how people get to these types of things um is is uh, the stringing of um they have a high here's the deal they they have a high value of scripture. Um but they they have a low they have a propensity to use it um, in ways that otherwise fit the things that they think, which everyone's guilty of. Right. But like um, they're um, they they reject uh, primarily context, right? They refuse to have things sit in context. They like they read looking for something and then it jumps out and they're like yes. And then when they see I like connecting similar things. If God acts one way here. Do I expect him to act, act consistently, especially when words or things are true? And sh- how can those two things inform each other? Yes, I think you should do that. There is a contextual benefit to that. But like a saying, these are talking about the exact same things, and uh, and ignoring that it would neither would mean anything to the people it was written to. Like that's blindness. Um, and so there's a self-centeredness to it that says the Bible is exclusively for me at my time for my personal benefit, and ignores the fact that there are like. Your church family, your brothers and sisters throughout time benefited from the scripture. Um, how did this otherwise impact them? So it's a bad, it's bad exegesis. It's bad context. Um, but it is a high value of scripture. This is where you got to be careful, right? Cause like I want to write those guys off and I say, look, you just, you, you're disregarding the Bible. I don't know. I have not seen a guy to a man explain to me how Jesus says you are not going to know it and they still say we will know it. 
Um, I, there, in fact, I was in um, that Many Hands for Haiti thrift store today, and there's a book there that says uh, 99 Reasons Why You Will Not Know When the End of the World Is. And I'm like, this book is too long. It's too long. <laughs> Jesus, and so here's what I thought. I thought, I'm going to love this, man. If I open this up and it says, Chapter 1, Jesus Said You Won't Know. Chapter 2, Jesus Said You Won't Know. <laughs> Chapter 3, I thought, this is going to be great. He did not do that. He actually produced 99 Reasons, and I was disappointed. <laughs> I feel like he didn't do it right. But, like, I, I've not seen a man be able to describe that. But, like, that's generally what's happening is we're saying I have high-value scripture. I trust it. I believe it. That's why they're willing to say that's why um, uh, I can believe this date is because I believe scripture. The problem is is that they're reading scripture poorly. They're just yanking it out of context. Um, they're looking for things, and they're stringing things together. Um, and it, it, um, we talked about this actually. In our, we were, were studying through Micah uh, with a group of fellows, and, like, um, when it came to the the Jews trying to identify the Messiah, they they were willing to find this answer and however they had to stretch it so that they could have a Messiah that they wanted. They wanted someone who'd kick tail and who would help them overthrow Greece or overthrow Rome or like liberate them and give them their homeland back. Like because they wanted that so bad, um, they were willing to stretch some of the prophetic things that undergirded their understanding of who the Messiah was. And so they accepted people they shouldn't have, right? Like the Hasmonean uh, revolt comes from people who like took agreed to someone who didn't come from the right lineage. He was he served as a priest and king. He was neither from the line of David or from the uh, who, who's the who's the priest? Melchizedek. Um, no, 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 no. You had to be from the priestly line of uh, anyway, gone completely. Anyway, he wasn't. He was. He didn't qualify. There's no way he could have been this Messiah figure. Um, Zadok. Zadok, that's right. He had to be. In his, he had to, he had to come from the lineage of Zadok. And so, like, they. I knew they, it had a Z in there. You shoved me aside. You didn't even give me any grace in there. <laughs> I Those did. are two weird names, and I came out with it. I knew you would come up with it. A good a job. job, Mike, is in order. Good job, Mike. <laughs> Solid. <laughs> um, but so, so that's the thing is they were looking for something, and they wanted it to be, and so they were like anything that looked close to that they were willing to accept. And so I think I think that's what a lot of is happening. Um, but again, if I, I'm trying to be gracious in the conversation, I think I think most of these fellows do believe in Scripture, and that because they believe in it, they're willing to put dates on things with confidence um, because they think Scripture is talking specifically. Yeah, but do you know to how many outside things you have to bring into that? I know to to make that true. I know, and I mean that's why I don't believe it. I'm just, I mean, so many Ben, so many outside things, and then in a consistency of God thing where I say God tells truth. Except for that one time when he says you ain't gonna know the end of the world, I don't even know how you'd come close to marrying that together. Uh, oh, you know what? I did see someone try to, um, I did see someone try to tie that. Oh, oh, actually, you know what they'll do? Um, now remember this. Um, they try to tie it back to the temple, which is crazy cool because most of that Matthew twenty four, for example, is about the temple. Um, I think there's a break there that talks about when the second coming is. Um, and they actually just won't relinquish it, and they say, "Look, this is actually still talking about the temple." Uh, and then I think, well, God gave like really clear signs is when the temple is going to be destroyed. So, you know, they'll say he's just being hyper specific. Say you won't know the exact time. It's just kind of this trajectory. And so, um, where most people you can't get them to uh, agree that some of that is the temple. Most of the end of the world guys would say that's all temple. Was was there a? It was all just a numbers game, like a generations and numbers thing, not like the hurricanes or the. Whatever that was sparking this on, right? Um, yeah, yeah. They tied. Um, it had to do with like the alignment of the stars. It, it was tied to Revelation twelve, um, where like the you see uh, something in the womb of uh, of a constellation. It was. It's a bad exegesis of Revelation twelve. Like the whole thing's bad. It's not good. 
But like, I guess here's the thing is, is know who you're dealing with, right? I could write these guys off and say, look, you just, you don't know, you don't know scripture. And the truth is, they're just, I, I feel like I know that they're reading scripture in an unhealthy and frankly, in an inconsistent way. Well, here's the thing is, is like, the truth of the matter is like, I've believed things that are wrong before, right? Like, that's not like that's a, the new concept and there's not plenty of grace to be had for that, right? But if I catch you doing this again, <laughs> you are literally on purpose rebelling against scripture. No, right? that's true. You're going to kneel next time they talk. That's right. Yeah, you're doing you're doing this on purpose. <laughs> uh, okay. Hey, so uh, before we before we run out of time, we wanted to talk about um, uh, interacting with sheep. So when when people are otherwise acting in a certain way that is not healthy for them. Um, there seems to be two different ways of responding, and these are – I get that there's probably nuances here, right? But one is to say, um, I can only help people who want helped, right? People who say, hey, how, uh, I'm, I, I want to turn from this life or turn from the decisions that I'm making. Um, will you help me? And then we get to jump in and do it. Uh, or if someone who's is like – is, I mean, I mean bent on destroying their lives is – as a shepherd or someone who cares for people who wants to save them, like – do you walk that with them and try to drag them out of the fire? Because those are two different reactions. One is they're actually motivated and you help them, and the other one is they're motivated to do the wrong thing and you're going to force the matter and try to help and try to do it for them. I've had very positive, loving experiences with number one. I've almost literally been destroyed by number two. Mm-hmm. I like number one. I don't know if that's. Holy! <laughs> I just know so, that I like. So, to clear, so number one was the um, coming alongside someone who says I want things to change and helping them to do that. That's right. And number two is like you've almost literally been destroyed by trying to save someone who didn't appear to want to be saved. Yes, yeah, right. Yeah. I mean, I think if you put it in the context of discipleship, I, I've had a long-standing principle I live by: I only disciple those who want to be discipled, who are open to discipling, to being discipled. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. You can't teach a non-learner. So uh, there might be a multiple reasons why they won't learn from you. They don't respect you. They think you're an idiot. They just don't care because they'd rather do whatever than Jesus. Um, yeah, I mean, there's just multiple. It doesn't matter what it is. But but when when you see that they're not interested in learning, then I don't waste my time. Yeah. Um, because there's others who do want to know, right? Uh, but then I think, gosh, I wonder how many people I've let slip because I just didn't try harder or, or, or learn their their uh, language, so to speak. Yes, yeah. you know, and put more of my effort into it. Um, and I, I, I think that's the core of the question, right? Is like, let's say you, you like you start with somebody and uh, the things are moving on the right path, and like they show some resistance and say, "Look, I don't, um, I don't really want to do this anymore." And like you know, that's not the right decision, and you know that they're prone to not thinking in the right mind. And to what to what extent do I allow them uh, to? I basically elevate that and say, "Well, they've made a reasoned decision, and that's what they're going to do." Like. How hard do you fight to try to keep someone to say, look, this is wrong. I will not give up on you. That's wrong. You're thinking about this the wrong way. Well, so I I think it has to – I don't think they have to be – I don't think the whole pack has to travel together, right? Like you can still maintain um, connection and relationship regardless of which of those two situations, whether they want your help or whether they don't, Mm -hmm. right? But like the thing is, is like you can't invest in a non-decision. You can't invest in a poor choice. And, and, but you can, I, I mean, you know how, you know how people are, right? Like, if they want to follow Jesus, they do. Like, their, their, their mouths tell lies and their actions tell truth. And so, like, if, if people want to follow Jesus 
and they want your help doing it, you'll know that. They act like they want to do it. Right? They still screw up and they still sin and they still struggle, but they come back and they're like, I don't want this to be me anymore. This is not what I want. I want to follow Jesus. And you're like, I'm in. I'm going nowhere. Right? And the same person will say, look, I, you know, you can talk to the same person and say, look, you, you, Jesus is the answer for these situations. And they're like, yeah, yeah, I hear you. I'm just, I'm, I'm not interested in, in going life that route. And, and your answer is, I'll be there when you are. I can't help you go the other way. I can't help you run from Jesus. I'm not going to help you do that. Right. But I'll be here when you're ready to, to, you know, to meet him because my advice is not going to change. My love for you is going to stay the same. I'm just, I'm just acting. I'm not going to help you go away from Jesus. I'll help you come closer to him always. I will love you either way, but I certainly will not be take, uh, you know, I will not abide in you leaving. And so I will just stay here. I, I think I, if of, of all, because the problem is, is if you, if you pulling people out of the fire, the problem is, is like sometimes, um, now you gotta follow that, you gotta follow that fire in. You know, and then you go up and you go down and you go up and you go down and you go up and go down. And what you really did is exactly what Dan said is like, you took all the effectiveness that you had to help anybody and literally did nothing for months. Except for cause yourself pain, get the person that you're trying to help nowhere, and then, and, and bring no glory to God in any way. You had no God honoring conversations in all of that. Cause I can still love you without following you, uh, as you run away from Jesus. You can just say, I, we'll be right here. I still think this is the right route for you, uh, and, and I still love you. Oh, tell me when you're ready, and we'll go that way. So it's, so there's a difference, I suppose, to from planting a seed and then, like, hovering over at night every day and saying, grow, damn it. <laughs> right? Yeah. Like, <laughs> I mean, here's the thing. You ever seen that work? Like, I mean, I mean honestly. Like, I mean, we, you can program all this stuff that you want to, but the truth of the matter is, until someone makes the decision that, that, that this is what they want to do, your coaxing and prodding is, is, it's just, it doesn't work. You can, you can literally plant the seed. I think that's what God designed us to do, obviously. I mean, that's, there's a scriptural basis to that. There's to tell them the good news about Jesus Christ. You can't make them take it. And you can't make them follow it. And you can't make them want it. That's a Holy Spirit deal. I can pray on it. And so you can certainly do that. That's the love and the connection part, where you're still praying for them. And you still got the God of the universe on that situation, <laughs> you know, but like, what are you going to physically do? Hold them up? Lock them in a room? I mean, so, so put, put it, take it out of, uh, sharing of good news and put it into the, uh, I don't know, something, something more tangible, right? Someone's, someone's bent on harming themselves. Like, don't, we step in, right? Hey, I'm going to hurt myself. Uh, I, I'm thinking about harming myself. Someone steps in. Someone goes over there and says, look, I will physically restrain you to keep you from doing this thing. Uh, someone wants to crawl into hell. We're not. We don't do the same thing. Hold on. <laughs> Hold on. I'm thinking. I'm not sure that's a fair comparison, but I, I just yeah. I'm toying with it in my mind. Well, in, in both situations, they 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 have the ultimate choice, you know, and that that's what hurts. That's what makes it so painful. Is you want more than anything for them to not hurt themselves or not uh, go on a, a road that will lead to their own destruction uh, spiritually. Um, but but they have to make those choices. They have to take those steps because if you pick them up and carry them over to the right path, they're just going to jump off it and go back where they're more comfortable. Right. And because uh, they got there on your back anyway, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. They don't even know how to get there on their own. And and so like they'll jump off, they'll jump off yours, and then want to come back and still have no idea how to get there. Yeah. I mean, I got there on the back of Jesus, but I climbed there. Right, like like I said, yeah, okay, yeah, go ahead and pick me up. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Whereas somebody else, like if I drug them out of there. Yeah. And so so is there not a concept of um 
I, I I don't know why I have it in my mind, and I don't know that I can think of any examples that are, that are, are nagging at me. But like, I just feel like I've I've heard stories of um people just say, "Look, I'm not going to give up on you." But is it is the method of not giving up them, on them, not saying, "Hey, I'm going to do this for you and drag you along the way." Uh, you know, I'm gonna go get you and put you into school. Make sure you go there. I'm gonna show up at your house every day, blah, blah, blah. Like some sort of conviction that says, I care enough about you that I'm gonna keep doing this until you bend to my will. Is that not appropriate then? Well, I think that's, I think that's, you know, of a lot of the arguments that we have, especially, you know, in our culture and nowadays is, is what exactly love means. Right? And does love mean giving you the things that, that we, I know will destroy you? Or does love mean keeping the things from you that I know will destroy you? And some of that is true with, with you know the things that that we're talking about, um, I, I get it. I I I I know what you're saying is like it does. It seems a little bit like if we're God's people and God carries most of my burdens because He's my God, then I should be freed up to take on some extra ones, which is following some people, where, you know, in some places that they don't want to go. But the thing is, is like the best you're going to do is drag them on the other side of the fence and have them turn and go back as soon as you turn your back on them. And that that really it was not a game at all. Yeah. They know that you love them from the other side of the fence. They're just not interested in standing next to you. And 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 you dragging them over there didn't prove anything. Can you prove you love somebody without doing that? I think that you probably can. And I think I'm I'm trying to think of a scriptural example and, and maybe I'm missing an obvious one, but I'm thinking like the 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 ones that show up in scripture are like Ananias going to Saul, what are you waiting for? Get up and be baptized, wash away your sin. He's like, "Okay. What if he said, "No." Uh I don't think so. Right. I mean, we don't have that example. Right. <laughs> we, we don't know what he would have said next. Um, you know, actually, Dan, that's, that actually comes to that conversation that I tried to have a couple, three weeks ago, and I just, I presented it very poorly. Like, but the level of, 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 of what a Christian is, like what a, uh-huh. Christians define it. You know, and if someone says, hey, you know, rise up and be baptized, and they're like, no, I don't think so. They're like, well, what are you doing here? <laughs> this doesn't count. You're not, this is not what, what God's asking you to sign up for. Jesus says, uh, you know, follow me. And you're like, yeah, you know. Uh. <laughs> I'm here for the wafers. I mean, can you what? imagine the look on Paul's face? Yeah, that man's really gotten beaten within inches of his life multiple times. Someone walk up and be like, yeah, I don't know about this baptism thing. I mean, I just cannot imagine the look at this man's eyes like, you got to be kidding me. <laughs> I, yeah. I, I've not seen it. Well, that my my main thought on this when you were talking about this earlier was is like I've not seen the drag somebody through bear any fruit ever. I've I've not seen it, and so I can't say that 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 doesn't happen. Yeah. I've personally never seen it. I've seen people surrender themselves to Jesus Christ, and 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 it produces fruit that I didn't even know existed, you know. But I've never seen human to human dragging a guy produce lasting. Delicious fruit <laughs> that sustains. I've just not seen it. So, so if we if we see if we can tie this back into uh, the parable of the uh, of the sower, right, or the, or the seeds. Um, so, if we look at, there's not really a call to stop throwing seeds, right? Like no. you're always chucking seeds. You happy about it? And you you can keep chucking seeds in the same field, right? Uh, it's it's the field itself that otherwise determines their reaction to the kingdom. Um, it may or may not bear fruit, but like we we jolly happying along, chucking seeds, and so that doesn't mean I go into the field, I start adding quicklime, right? It doesn't mean I go into the field and I start kind of rooting stuff up and saying, here's how you're going to straighten out your field, so when I throw seeds in, it's going to be better, <laughs> right? Um, so I suppose it is a it is a relentless optimism of connection, of presence, and of seed throwing, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. We're going to keep coming by. Um, however, uh, it is ultimately it's 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 not my soil. 
um, to, to, to tend. Um, it's how people are going to react to it, how they're going to react to it. So I suppose that means um, maybe my not giving up on you is maybe I keep texting. Maybe I keep calling. Maybe I keep, you know, you don't want to hear anything about me from Jesus. I still say, hey, maybe let's have coffee, <laughs> right? Um, because, like, those are the things that I can do. I can't book you a room in a rehab. I can't um, I can't say I set up your baptism for next Tuesday. These are things that I can't right. do for you. Um, but I can still be uh, smiling and throwing seeds and, and hanging around. Um, and that is probably my level of, of right persistence. So it's not to say you either, you either come to Jesus when I want you to and the way I want you to, otherwise I bail. That's not the answer. Um, you can be the guy that said, I will, I will, uh, I will persist in your life until the, until death takes me. Um, the question is what your persistent looks like. Um, and it's, and it's largely, um, presence and an, and an ever, um, ever flowing, f- um, outpouring of good news, um, around someone in hopes that that, that soil changes. Yeah, I think it's, I, I think if, if, if you had to draw it down to, I think it's, it's connection and love, right? Like it allows me to continue to love, love a person, even though they make absolutely terrible decisions. It is, you know, there's something that allows their phone, their name to come up on my phone and go, I'll take that phone call, opposed to, oh sweet Moses, what is this bringing? <laughs> this could literally be anything, <laughs> you right? Know? And so like, when you, when you disassociate with having to follow it, that you know they're they're run from God or they're run through the rocky soil to keep with it right like I don't have to travel the rocky soil to know it's rocky right like I stand on the soil that God provided me and go I'll stay right here when you're tired of doing the rocky soil this is where I'll be I'll take your phone calls from the rocky soil I'll listen to your problems in the rocky soil I'll offer the solution through the gospel through the rocky soil but the truth of the matter is I'm not following you in there I can, I'm not going to do that if you need a ride out of the rocky soil. I'll come get you, <laughs> you know, but like, there's no reason for me to camp three days there and, and hang out there with you and act like I think this is doing any good. Cause me moving to the rocky soil, that's, that didn't, didn't help anybody. It's you moving out that we're going for, not me coming in. Right. And like, I, like I said, like I've, I've done this meta, I've done this, you know, actually, you know, follow people and, and, and like, I, when you trying to drag them and you trying to make them own something that they don't believe, when you trying to get them a faith in Jesus Christ that they're, they don't, they're, it's not like it doesn't work for them. It's not like Jesus Christ doesn't work for some people. It works for all people, right? But like you actually have to follow Jesus to do that. And if you don't trust Jesus, you won't do it. And so like all you can say is like, here's what I know about Jesus through my life, through the lives of people that I know and through the scripture. This is what I know about Christ. And like if that's not enough to get them moving, then all you can do is pray that the Holy Spirit puts them, puts it in their head that that was enough to get them moving. Because following them into the rocky soil, I mean seriously, what did that do you? It didn't do you any good at all. Right. So no, that really says that you shouldn't do ministry in like a strip club or something. Yeah, I don't see the gain. You don't go in there trying to pull people out. Oh, well, unless you're after the ladies. So like people do that though. People go in there. Like there's there's lady, other ladies that will go in there and intentionally meet. I suppose they're throwing seeds. Yes. That, right. They, yeah, they're not dragging right. around. They didn't throw in the back of the car and say, you're done stripping. Yeah. <laughs> right. they're, and they're also not like, hey, let me strip with you. You know, we'll talk while we out there. You know what I'm saying? Like, right. That's rocky soil. That's right. not what they're doing. You know what I'm saying? They're, planting, they're saying, look, there's 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 other soil. There's good soil over here. I, I used to live in the Rockies. I know what you're saying. But there's good soil over here. You know, let's talk about it sometime. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. But they ain't ta- they ain't bumping heroin with them in the back and be like, I, and now so you understand that I've been through what you've been through. Right. Like that's just not the way it works. Right. 
Right. We don't. We're not. Uh, we're not the. We're not the police. We don't undercover things in that way. We're like we have to be bought as one of you, so that we have influence as one of you. No. Uh, we feel like the, the the good news in itself is is um uh is implicitly attractive. It's not necessary for us to like mimic your circumstances to otherwise communicate such a thing. No, because we believe the God is above all circumstances. <laughs> at some feet, at some point, you you shake shake the dust off your feet and move on. Profound end. <laughs> what? What? Was that it? Well, that's what Jesus said. Go into a village, they're not listening. You shake off the dust, the dust off your feet, and move on. You go on. I mean, are you saying that the village is a metaphor for uh, for the dude? Well, sure. Yeah, yeah. There'll be there'll be some who just aren't receptive, and and it's like move on, go on well, to the next village. And here's the thing: is like the truth of the matter is, if if you apply that principle, um, it doesn't mean that you still can't. Care for them and hope that they do. Oh, sure. Want to know Jesus, yeah. right? Yeah. Like you literally just say, "Look, I'm not going to stand in this rocky soil." <laughs> you know, yeah. I got other good soil to go look at, and I got to throw some more stuff at some more rocks. And and uh, you know, I it just what what my experience with this was is like with certain people. Like if you get a gang of folks following them, then the devil got exactly what he wanted. He took six people off the trail of speaking words for Jesus while they were following a guy through rocky soil, and like it's heartbreaking to turn around and leave him there. But the truth of the matter is. God has all kinds of things for you to do. And, and so, like, uh, when when you decide that you're going to live in that rocky soil and try to drag a guy out of it, you, you literally can't do anything over here anymore. You, you, there's nothing. You can't. You, you end up in one alone, desolate island, you know, trying to talk to one guy, and they could put you in a runaround for probably three, four, five, ten, fifteen years. You spent your whole life chasing after this one thing and missed out on the joy, glory, and, and the ability to talk to anyone else about the gospel because you were intent on living in the Rockies. I just, I just, I don't see the fruit. And here's the thing: is I'm willing to pray about that and be really wrong about it if that's the deal. Uh, but I, I, I just, I haven't seen any fruit come out of uh, dragging people out to rocky soil. All right, hey, if you got thoughts on that, shoot us an email: info at lifeinthepath.org, or hit us up on Facebook or Twitter. It's at uh, Life in the Path, and we'd be glad to. I don't know, we 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 crack open the Twitter box, uh, I don't know, twice a year. <laughs> so you know, you want to have a conversation? Shoot, I, I don't know, even old Pete's giving up on us. Yeah. Sorry, hey Pete. Maybe you, we said something offensive to Calvinism earlier. You can you say something about that. <laughs> you, you know we wrong. We blind. But the Lord made me that way. Anyway, you bring that up, then we can we can discuss it on the Twitter. Uh, also, hey, if you haven't yet, uh, and odds are you haven't, uh, you go so you can sign up or subscribe on YouTube. We're actually real close to a thousand um a thousand subscribers. We're like eight eighty something, uh, and only maybe a hundred eighty thousand views or so away from a million. So that'll be exciting. Uh, share it with your Do friends. they give you something if you get a million views, or is that like not a big deal? I think an email. Really? Yeah. Congratulations on your perseverance. Well, I mean, we should print that out and frame it or something. Yeah, yeah. We'll put it next to the thrift store priest, yeah. <laughs> as if it's a certificate for him. <laughs> I, although it's proportionally unwise, you know what I'm saying? Like you got a million hits on YouTube, is like how many Facebook subscribers? Four hundred fifty. Four hundred fifty. Yeah, right on. <laughs> we gotta get some more. Hey man, go like the Facebook page. <laughs> yeah. Why don't you go do that? It doesn't. We don't actually measure by that or care about it. But like, I mean, I'd be interested at the least. Yeah, I agree. Uh, Mike, you got some uh, people need advice. We got time for like one. Okay, hold on. I wasn't uh, directly prepared for that, but give me two shakes. Okay. I bet I can take something up. Yeah, here we go. Oh boy, this is this seems daisy anyway. Here we go. Dear life from the path. My 40-year-old son signed up with an online dating site. Right. He has a 17-year-old son and has never been married. During his initial contact with one woman, she mentioned she had several kids, and my son asked if they were all by the same father. She said he was 
out of line to ask that question. I realize people today think one's sexual history shouldn't matter, but doesn't my son have a right to know how many other men he's going to be involved with if he becomes involved with her? Who are you? This is his mom. Okay, here we go. <laughs> how does one find out this kind of information relatively soon into the relationship? Waiting until he knows her better seems like a waste of both parties' time if he's not interested in someone who brings several other families into the relationship. Relationships are hard enough when a man brings his family and a woman brings her family together in the marriage. It's harder when the man and woman have exes. Each ex increases the level of difficulty to make the relationship work. Love is a choice, and it would be painful for my son to give up a young lady he really cared for because he found out after a few dates that a future with her involved four or more baby daddies. Hmm. Oh, wow, holy cow. I mean, does your nose constantly go where it doesn't belong? I cannot believe this is a this is a conversation coming. My forty year old son. How old is this woman? The sixty? Uh, I mean, it could be sixty. Yeah, I think so. Wait, is that the end? Yeah, that's it. Okay. So uh, let's uh, uh, let's let's treat your question with some respect here. Uh, let's assume I can't do it. How do how do you find something? A is that something that legitimately you want to know sooner rather than later? And what is a tactful way to find it out? Well, I tell you what, finger pointer. Here's the thing: is like <laughs> you get all up in this lady's business, like how many exes you have. You didn't even marry the woman that you produced a son with. You know what I'm saying? Like, oh, you that's right. He's you, never been married. You don't have an ex because you didn't marry the woman in the first place. And people not be good enough for my boy. <laughs> he don't have no exes. Totally <laughs> ridiculous. Okay, I'm sorry. Back to legitimately treating her question, Ben. Okay. Is so, it is it is it a legitimate question that you would want to know sooner rather than later? And if so, how do you do it? I, I think it is. I mean, I, I would want to know anyway. I mean, uh, how how are you at, uh, you know, being in a relationship? If you've had multiple baby daddies, it's like that won't bode well for me. So here's the thing is that the issue with that is different here than a potentially a different relationship um, uh, is that there's evidence that you've otherwise had multiple partners. Yeah. Right? Like everyone, you date somebody who's 40 years old, the chances that they've had, you know, they could have 10, 10 people they dated, they could have two. The only way you know is if you ask. The problem is, is that because there are four, you know, four kids or whatever, like uh, it's harder to, to dodge that question. Yeah. I mean, couldn't you just say, look, uh, you know, do the, do the, does the kid's father see him very often? Yeah. Is the father in the picture? Yeah. And then, I, like, I would hope at that point she'd be like, well, there's a couple of them. Yeah. My first two are with blah, blah, blah. I'm For Leonard, know. blah, blah, blah. He He's something or others. Yeah. Yeah, so there's probably, I mean, if you spend any time doing it, I feel like it would be all right. Now, uh, t- t- for time, uh, what, what do you think? D- can you go on a date? Can you go on one date? I would. Or do you just say, look, this is a deal breaker. I need to know this. If, if what, is, is that the implication, I suppose, is to say, she says there, there's uh, three different dads on these four kids. I ain't even going. Hmm. Is that the thought? I mean, yeah, she's basically saying, look, if there's too many baby daddies, then he is not even interested in going on a date. I mean, here's the thing. You're on an online dating service. Just go out once. You know what I'm saying? Like, you don't know anybody, nothing. Yeah. yeah. Just go out one time, ask the questions. Why don't you act like a normal human? Stop, Stop like, yeah. Treating it like a chess game where you're going to outmaneuver it, figure out how to beat King Koopa by jumping three times and shooting the thing. Just go out and say, hey, man, how many baby daddies involved? They'd be like, there's, there's, there's one. Okay, that's doable. Is he a pretty nice dude? No, he's a jerk face. Well, we can work on that. Okay. No, there's five. I'm out. I ain't even going to pay for dinner. <laughs> I'm going to leave now. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah. whatever. Just ask a question. And here's the deal. If the first if it's a first, uh, the first date doesn't go very well, uh, then the conversation will have never come up, and you've avoided something unnecessarily. Yeah. And you know what? And, and, uh, as long as we're on a train of thought of ways to improve your life, why don't you get yourself a friend and stop talking to your moms <laughs> <laughs> and have her write in a newspaper on your behalf? <laughs> 
forty year old dude. Uh, <laughs> hey mom, I have my sexual partners. These days. I'm not dating yet. What's wrong with you? <laughs> hey, here's that. Let your mom do her crosswords and cat puzzles in peace. I don't think I'd tell mom that. No, because no. uh, here's the deal. Regardless of the answer, let's say you end up uh, marrying this woman or something. Like, I just, I just don't know that my mom needs to know those types of things about my partner. No, cleave to cleave to future wife, which means if you have any possibility of being future wife. I have to share all the intimate whatever things with you, you and my moms. Right, I get need a trusted buddy. Yeah, I need to know. I need to know those things because I'm marrying this person. But like beyond that, I don't think my mom needs a full dossier on whoever I'm marrying. I'd like to talk to your son. Have him call him. <laughs> the seventeen-year-old? Yeah. No, no, the forty-year-old. Oh, he's probably going to say, "My mom's all up on my business." Yeah. <laughs> I just want an online date without yeah. any harassment. She has my password, and she's always trying to hook me up with these crazy chicks who play online dragon games. <laughs> uh, all right, all right. So our final advice is, uh, uh, just if she's looking for advice, our advice is tell your son to go ahead and go on a date, uh, and then see what he thinks. If it becomes to the point where it seems like it is a necessary question to ask, I would say date two is enough, frankly. Yeah, well, her question is, it would be painful for my son to give up a young lady he really cared for. After one date? Yeah, here's the thing. One, it's been one date, and two, if you really care for her, I mean, well, your love is like what? You know, an, an inch thick and an inch wide? You know what I'm saying? You're going to deal with her pastor, ain't you? Yeah, so at the point where that seems like an appropriate part of the conversation, then I would go ahead and have it. But I, I, I would agree, it seems pretty easy just to say, uh, hey, are, are, there, are there dads in the picture? I mean, that's pretty easy. It's a simple question. And, like, here's the deal. If she's real dodgy about it, then you probably don't want to continue down this line anyway. You're 40 years old, man. I mean, just ask a question. What is going to matter? You know, they're going to tell the whole school? <laughs> you know, just ask. It's not that big of a deal. Yeah. I'm, yeah. Secular says, although it might be, quote, painful for your wuss of a son <laughs> to give someone up after a few dates, he should he should make the effort to get to know the person before asking a question like that one he posed to a complete stranger. I don't, You know what I mean? I mean, what is this guy, junior high? Like, yeah. but I love her so much. <laughs> yeah. I saw her on my profile. She likes LSU. I think <laughs> I love her mother. <laughs> Frankly, I don't blame her for being offended because it implied he thought she was promiscuous. Yes, it did. <laughs> Tell me. I could be true. Yeah, I mean, it could be true, <laughs> I suppose. Well, right, but there, here's the deal. It's an answerable question. There's no reason to... It's not hypothetical. Yeah. Just when it's appropriate to ask, uh, find a tactful way and ask it. Yeah. Here we go. She's yeah. going to get on him. Your son fathered a child with a woman he didn't end up marrying. <laughs> it happens. So what if the same thing had happened to her, but more than once? I mean, that could be a possible screen. That still points to promiscuity. Yeah. <laughs> One would think that as a mature adult, if he had feelings for someone, he would continue the relationship and see where it led. And why are you the one who wrote to ask me this and not your son? <laughs> <laughs> hey, man, spot on, Abbas. You want to get him. <laughs> hey, she's never fired up. No. She could reasonably say that to almost everybody that writes her. She chose this man to lay on. Yeah, he's, t- he's taking the full brunt of years worth of cowtailing advice. All right. Hey, you've been listening to Live from the Path. Thanks for hanging out with us this week. Hey, the new Tim Tibbins album is out. Mike, this... Uh, Who I Am. It's out last week, I thought. Last week. Hey, it's a new kid's album. Um, what's that? What's the, what's the I song? I Surrender, I Surrender, I Surrender. Oh. Yeah. That's a good tune. Pick that up. Timmons is good people, and uh, I haven't listened to the whole album, but at least that, that song's good. Yeah. There's uh, a lot, it's, 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 it's still along that electronica vibe. So I, guys, I just don't like it. Yeah, I know. It's not my favorite vibe of stuff. I mean, here's the thing. If I didn't know Timmons was such a genuine dude, uh, you know, I, but like, I, I mean, the songs are still great. If you, if, you, uh, if you take all of it and then play it with an acoustic guitar, you'll love every track. All right. If, if that's your bet. The electronics, my kids love it. Because it's all dancey and, and whatever, the kids absolutely love it. And that was his intended audience, not a 
you know, a 35-year-old grumpy man like myself. <laughs> and so, like, I mean, God tasked him with something, and he did it. And so, you know, no one cares what the peanut gallery has to say. Yeah, right on. All right, so pick up the Timmons album. Hey, I've also been listening to a lot uh, of Josh Garrels. He's a, like a folk Jesus man, and uh, he's an interesting collection of folks. Just give him a shot. See what you think. I'd be interested to see what you... Uh, uh, what you think about that? So go ahead and hook up with that's uh, Josh Garrels. He's a I think he's from Arizona or something like that. Uh, anyway, that's uh, that's it for now. Uh, we'll see you next week. In in the meantime, be faithful. It means God will handle the ends. You've been listening to live from the path.